0: Uh, Let's open up our Bibles to uh, Psalms 23. We're doing a series called Table in the Wilderness. Um, Table in the Wilderness. Uh, Before we pray, I just want to remind you of uh, one other thing that's happening. Uh, Because speaking of camp, and I wanted to mention this, is that we're going to do this massive baptism uh, in August. And after youth camp, a lot of the, the younger kids that went to camp this year are going through this book right now. Uh, to see if they're ready to be baptized, uh, we don't baptize kids unless two things happen: they go through this book, booklet uh, and answer these questions, and so that their parents feel like they're ready. But then they have a they have a, a time with our our children's pastor with the parents, and they go over this book and talk about it to prepare them so that they're ready when they're ready to go. So it's not an age requirement. It's It's an understanding that we require before they get baptized. Does that make sense? Okay. And for the little kids, we do baby dedication because that's uh, where the parents dedicate their parenting to raising up Christ-centered kids. Not religious kids, but Christ-centered, where they run everything through that filter. And uh, so uh, baptism, it's coming up. And for those of you that have never been baptized, I really encourage you that this is a monumental step in your journey following Christ and so I encourage you get signed up for that uh, because uh, it's going to be an epic morning and that's a good time to bring your family and friends uh, to witness your profession of of Christ to the community and uh, to be baptized into Christ and into the community so we'd love to have you Psalms 23 we have it on the screen would you stand up to your feet let's repeat this together Uh, we're going to read the word of God together and we're going to get this into our souls. If you don't want it in your soul, then just don't say anything. Just look straight ahead. And uh, no condemnation. Just don't want you to do something you don't, that aren't willing to do. So Psalms 23, starting with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. Yeah. Would you turn and say hi to somebody behind you? Actually, that means you won't, nobody will get to see anybody, but, um, but somebody that's close by, just say hi. Say, say your name. Well, I'm going to change the title of my message. I was thinking about this in between services, actually, like four minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm going to change it to Get the Mountain Dew. Get the Mountain Dew. Uh, we, should, we we wouldn't let our kids drink Mountain Dew. We told them to never be able to have children if they drink it. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true. I heard it somewhere. Uh, so... Uh, You just got to be careful with Mountain Dew, men. All right. (laughs) This series is called Table in the Wilderness, and and, uh, the reason that we're taking some time on this is sometimes when you wrestle with a passage of Scripture, uh, and you you don't just breeze past it, you know, I, I think it's great that people read the Bible all the way through. But what I think is even better is that when you you chew and gnaw on a passage of scripture like beef jerky, you know, you sit there and you just, and you get a workout just chewing that stuff, and you get that juice out of it, you know, and just chew on it and gnaw on it, and it's like a dog with a bone, you know. And uh, I think it would be good for us to do that more often. When it comes to the word of God, where you gnaw on it until you get the full flavor, you get get so much more out of it. And uh, John Martinson, a a few weeks ago, um, who, by the way, those of you that know John, he's 84 years old. His wife's 86, and she ended up falling, and uh, she ended up in the hospital and and, uh, had to go in for surgery. And uh, She's doing well right now, but uh, maybe say a prayer for them. But John has wrestled with this scripture since he was nine years old, and he's 84 now. And uh, he was telling me just the other day, he was just saying, man, I'm getting so much more out of this, this passage. And I've been meditating on this for many years. I quote it almost every day. And yet I'm still getting something out of it. It's pretty powerful. Um, and I'd like to go up to this first, the, the, the first verse, if we could pull that up on the PowerPoint. Um, and in, in 23, verse 1, where it says that um, he makes me lie down in green pastures we talked about that last week and that was that was a a great time exploring that but then it says that he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul and I think between the green pastures and the still waters is the restoration of the soul and um, there is a an understanding about sheep, that sheep are made up of 75% water. And, um, and so they need water in order to live. And so there's different, obviously, I mean, we all need water. You, plants need water. Everything needs water, right? But they specifically uh, have to be strategic with how they get their water. Because there's three different main sources of water. There's the streams that run and, uh, with fresh water. And oftentimes, uh, they're fed by springs. And those springs uh, give them that living water, that fresh living water. Uh, but sometimes what will happen is, in a stream, uh, an animal or something dies and ends up in the stream, And it could pollute the water going downstream to where the sheep are drinking. And if there's a good shepherd involved, a good shepherd always goes upstream to see what's up there and make sure, he walks down the stream, make sure there's nothing in there that's polluting the stream. Or else they could get a parasite, they could get uh, some sort of disease, they could die, get sick and die very easily. So streams are great, but sometimes they can get polluted. But also, there's there's wells and cisterns. Wells are deep into the ground that they draw water out of. And cisterns are where they would take the water out of the well and put them into a cistern carved out of rock, like a basin, and fill it up with water to store it. But the problem is, is sometimes the wells go dry. And sometimes cisterns crack. And the water can leak out. But then there is something that is a little bit more reliable, a lot more reliable. And that is the early morning dew that rests on the green pastures. And especially in the climate in which David was talking about when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, he's the one that guides me, he leads me. He's speaking from the experience of being a shepherd who is passionate and loved his sheep. And always took him to green pastures where they could feed on those green pastures. But this good shepherd would always get up early, lead the sheep out to get the morning dew that was on the green pastures. And so as they would feed on it, those sheep would get hydrated. And uh, and so as they're eating it, they're getting that dew, and it's getting inside of them. And if if they go without feeding, on the dew, they could go and get dehydrated because of a lack of water or drinking muddy water that cause a parasite or some sort of sickness. But if they get that fresh dew, it hydrates them and keeps them alive and vibrant in their physical bodies. So as we're looking at this, we're looking at an analogy that we can apply to our spiritual lives as people. And this is what David's doing. He's applying his experience as a shepherd to this whole idea of being spiritually fed by the Spirit of God. Getting that morning dew, that mountain dew, that freshness. You see, they could go without drinking any water at all for three months and be okay as long as they're getting that daily drink of the Spirit of God. Um, if you could, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 2. Uh, we see that there's this passage in here where Jeremiah, Jeremiah is confronting the children of Israel because they have uh, forgotten the Lord. And this is, seems to be a common pattern in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that Israel uh, wanders away from God and realizes they, they don't get a good result, and then they come back, you know, tail between the legs, and they, they uh, repent. We have a grandson, um, and when he, sometimes when he realizes he did wrong or he's in trouble, he'll walk like this, he'll go, Because he feels like, man, I blew it. I'm in trouble now. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel bad for what I just did, and all these kinds of things, or I'm not getting my way. One of those things. There's a little sulking involved in that type of thing, and that's kind of the way the children of Israel acted, right? And in Jeremiah 2, in verse 11, the confrontation comes, and he says, "Has a nation ever traded its gods for new ones, even though they are not gods at all?" Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Oh, we see that today, right? People trading their faith in God for secular ideologies or pastimes. And they got better things to do. And um, yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing. And uh, they shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two things, two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns. that can hold no water at all. We are, and so, Jeremiah is saying there's two things that they've done. They've, they've, they've neglected or forsaken the Lord, which is the fountain of living water, which is that mountain dew. And we'll talk about how to, Tap into that in a minute. But the other thing that they've done is they've carved out their own cisterns. And we see this happening today because we see um, when people look at their lives, when they look at things on a trajectory like from birth to retirement and then and then eventually uh, death. So we don't really know where when our death is going to happen. But we want to be prepared for the future, so we invest in the future, right? Our 401Ks, our investments, maybe uh, some rental properties, um, a business that, is, that continues to give you finances, maybe even after you leave the business and, and you still have stake in it, and so you're setting yourself up. And it gives you a certain amount of security and satisfaction. Uh, because there's, there's, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of wisdom in doing that, right? Or maybe uh, we're looking to be fulfilled and be happy and to have a, a vibrant family or a vibrant marriage. So we engage in the arts. We go to concerts. I love doing that. My wife and I love to go to concerts. And there's a certain amount of fulfillment that comes when we go and we see a band that we really like. And we're sitting out on the grass enjoying some awesome snacks and being with our friends, sitting in the lounge chairs and listening to live music is so fun, right? Uh, or maybe there is, there is uh, this desire, this nagging desire to get out and see as much of the world as we can. And so we travel or we camp or we go fishing and we hunt or we play golf or we, we build stuff. Um, for me, um, well, I won't go there. Um, You know, you know me. I like to collect stuff. I like to get stuff. I like to go to garage sales. Yesterday I got in trouble. Because Dan, you're going to have to bail me out on this one. I found some angle iron for the next project. And uh, so I, and it was free. It was free. And my wife says, no more stuff at the house. So I need a place to put it. But I know that your wife is saying, no more stuff. And so we got to figure out a strategy here. because. As the Lord leads the two of us into future projects, we have to keep our wives very happy by hiding this stuff, right? Yeah, but we need the stuff. Yeah, and the wife actually needs it too. They just don't know it yet. They don't realize it. Okay, but soon, someday they'll know. Anyway, I'm I'm coming back. I'm coming back, babe. Don't worry. So there is two things, the fountain of living water that we've neglected, and then there's us getting our own selves fulfilled. So all those things I just mentioned were not bad things. They're all good things that all of us sh- should consider. But when that's where our security comes and that's where our life comes, there's a day when we can't do those things, or there's a day that, where that isn't fulfilling, or there's just a limit to how deep it goes. Because once the event is over, it's over. Once the activity is done, it's done. When, once you've used the thing or gotten used to the thing or you've gone to the place, you don't really care to go there again. And so the, that fulfillment doesn't stick with you. But there is something about Mountain Dew that is out there. When we tap into the fountain of living water, And so do is associated with the early morning. And I'd like to propose to you that there is something about the early morning that when we spend some time with the Spirit of God, that there are some things that take place, okay? And I believe that it will restore the soul. So when it says that he leads me beside the still waters, he restores my soul, what's he talking about? Well, I get my water from a spring out in the gorge out here because it tastes way better. I think it's better for you. And the water that we had in our tap, I just didn't like it. It's just people would comment on it saying, the water tastes funny. And the reason it tastes funny is because there's stuff in it that I don't want to drink. And so I go out to the gorge and I fill up these plastic containers and jugs and all that kind of stuff with them. And uh, get that fresh water, and when I bring it home, I have all these jugs sitting out there waiting to be used, and it's all stored up. Okay, but once I've gone through a bunch of the jugs, I realize I need to replenish or re-store. You follow me? And there's your soul, your mind, your emotions, the will, and sometimes it gets depleted, and and so you have to restore. And if you don't restore or rehydrate, if you will with the dew, then what happens is you have problems. I had a friend that, hadn't, that um, woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. He went out to the bathroom. And when he got there, he passed out and hit his head against the wall and broke his nose. And they didn't know what was wrong. thought maybe he had a heart attack, whatever. Medics come, take him to the hospital. They check him all out, find out he was dehydrated. He hadn't drinking any water. He had the habit of going long periods of time without drinking water. And it caught up to him. Same thing happens to us spiritually. We go long periods of time without drinking any spiritual water. We don't don't nibble on the dew of the morning. And there is amazing things that happen when you restore your soul or when God restores your soul. You can't do it. Or you can do some mental agility test. You can do some things, you know, have affirmations. You can say prayers. You can do all these kinds of things that all will help. But unless it, the Lord, if, unless you're feeding on what the Lord has for you, then what's going to happen is your stuff is going to run dry. You're going to break your nose, okay, so to speak, spiritually. So I have a list of things right here. That, and not, this isn't limited to these things, but these are all things that happen when you start nibbling on the Mountain Dew. Um, you get up early in the morning and you just sit there. Just be still. Before you say anything, before you pray... Before you open up a Bible, before you do anything, just sit there and just be still, mm-hmm. yeah. and just listen, yeah. and just feel, look within. Before you start telling God his list of to-dos, just listen. There may be a few to-dos that you you pick up for yourself, okay? And so what we have up here is, uh, well, you'd be sitting there and be still, uh, He will convict your soul. There will be times when you feel conviction. Not condemnation, conviction. It's like, dude, you're better than that. You know the Holy Spirit says dude. He does. He does to me. He goes, dude, what are you doing? Why are you going down that trail? In your mind. Why are you wanting, you know, retaliation? Why are you... Focus on the dark or the negative. And there's a conviction that comes in the soul, right? Some of us, we feel convicted of how we talk to our wives or our husbands or our kids or our parents. Some of us feel convicted because we've neglected our grandparents or a family member. That conviction comes to the soul, not to condemn you, but to correct you onto the right path, okay? Or sometimes you'll get a a revelation or a a revealing. There's like your eyes are open. You can see things that you couldn't see before because you just took some time to get the early morning fellowship with the Lord. You start reading the scripture. You say a few prayers. You start reflecting on your day, what's really agitating you. And all of a sudden... You, like you hear this prompting or you sense this prompting or you, you feel this revelation coming to you. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden, oh, it, oh, this makes sense. Oh, yeah, I got that. Uh, you only get, well, you usually get that best early in the morning. You can get it all day long. You can get it in the evening. You get it in the middle of the night. You can be woken up with it. You can have a dream with it. You, all those kinds of things. But when you have the morning dew, this is something that you can have every morning and it'll sustain you so that you can go long periods of drought and still be okay because every morning you're getting that morning due. Does it make sense? Uh, there's days in the culture in which we live in where we have economic stress or you know, when we had the lockdowns a while back and, and COVID and all those kinds of things. There's long periods of time where we, we were missing something, okay? but we, st- we still had access every morning to the morning dew. Some of us took advantage of that. In fact, some of us upped our game during that time and COVID became a blessing because we spent more time searching out that morning dew. So strengthens, sometimes what happens is you take that time and not only do you feel a physical strength, but you feel a strengthen in your resolve or a strengthen in your commitment or strengthen in your faith. And that comes from having that morning dew. There's times of healing that take place. There's times of forgiveness that go on. And so as you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the Lord brings a face in front of you uh, of somebody that you need to forgive. Or all of a sudden, the Lord gives you a little photo in front of your eyes of something that you've done where you need to ask for forgiveness. Both of those things can happen when you get the morning dew. But if you don't get the morning dew, maybe unforgiveness sticks around for a while. It turns into bitterness. And you dry up spiritually. You're ineffective because you can't look at somebody when you're walking down the hallway. You follow me? So then there's there's guidance. Some of us need guidance. And I'm all for Having counselors, I'm all for having coaches and pastors and uh, friends that have wisdom. I think we should always seek the wisdom of our friends. But if you do all that, but you don't seek the Lord and ask him for his take. And, you know, my wife and I were considering some big decisions in our lives recently. And uh, everything looked like this is the direction we should go. And we just felt that we got kind of excited, and we were really excited. And then I just, overnight, just through the night, both of us, we started feeling something. And that morning, I woke up, and that morning dew came, and I just felt a word of the Lord that just kind of revealed something to me and showed me some things, and I felt the guidance come. I think I know what I need to do. And it's not what I wanted to do but I feel like I've got guided into making a different decision. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so the morning dew is really important. And then there's times when we get pruned, where, where there, is, there are some things in our life that need to be pruned off of us. Maybe some attitudes, uh, maybe some relationships, maybe some behaviors, maybe some liberties. Maybe, maybe we're, we're spending too much time or money on certain things that need to be pruned off of us. There's times when God will will prune us. Not to punish us, but for new growth. Sometimes there's some things you got to cut out so that you can go to a whole new place. Are you following me? Uh, And so so I can't tell you what those things are. The Lord has to do that, but you only get that when you have the morning dew. So I encourage you, Find that place where you can sit and be still and know that he is God. Find that place where you can sit and receive the still water that sits the little droplets on the blades of grass that you nibble on as you go through the scriptures, as you say prayers, as you, as you get that alone time and you reflect on the things of God and you watch what happens. Let's look at a few scriptures and, and then we'll go... And uh, on about our day, uh, with these these thoughts in our mind. Okay, let's look at in the book of John, and let's look at John John verse uh, chapter seven, and uh, starting with verse thirty-seven. On the last day, or let me just give you some text contextual uh, understanding of this. Jesus is in a crowd of people. He's on the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is a place where they celebrate the harvest that has come in. All the, all the fruits and vegetables have been harvested, and they're all brought to market. And the people are celebrating, and they build these little shacks uh, that signify the shacks that they had on, in the field when they were picking the harvest. They would have a place for shelter and a place to sleep in. Uh, things like that, because they'd be out there for a couple of weeks. And so um, the, the shacks were kind of symbolic of the harvest. That's the only time they were set up. And, uh, but it was also symbolic of the children of Israel when they left their positions as slaves in Egypt and crossed the desert to go to the Promised Land with Moses. They would stay in these little makeshift tents and uh, shelters with branches and palm leaves and whatever they could find. Uh, in the environment in which they were at. And so they would go to Jerusalem in remembrance of God always providing for them shelter, food, and water in their journey in the wilderness. The wilderness is symbolic of times of dryness in our own lives. So remember, the reason we always bring up the Jewish people and the tribes of Israel is because... They're in the scriptures for an example for us to understand how God works with us and how we as people are, okay? So God uses sheep and Israel and the people of Israel and and the land there to communicate to us how to look at God through our own journeys uh, by looking at them as an example, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so Jesus is at this feast where they're celebrating being set free from being slaves, okay? Uh, and this is something that they celebrate. They celebrate it, man. And, uh, and they, uh, they attribute their freedom to God, not to Moses, but to God. I mean, Moses was a great leader, and they loved Moses, and they loved Joshua and Caleb, but they celebrated God's provision, okay? Okay. And so Jesus says this uh, in this, and he shouts out to the crowds that were there celebrating in Jerusalem, camping out there. He says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me, come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. And so Jesus is, is saying, hey, come. Come be a part. Anybody that wants to drink can drink. And so Jesus is inviting us to enjoy this fountain of living water that we hear written in Jeremiah. In, uh, in John chapter 4, and Jesus replies in uh, Verse 13, he says, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, referring to well water or cistern water. But those who drink of the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It'll become a fresh bubbling spring within, giving them eternal life. A lot of people, every time they see the word eternal life, they're always thinking about heaven. But what it's talking about here, right here in this passage, eternal life is the abundant life Within that bubbles up from within. Some of us don't have a bubbling up within. We know who Jesus is. We know who God is. But we don't have that, that bubbling up, this, this energy or this life force that is in us because we're not drinking of the dew. We're not drinking of the morning dew. We're not, we're not taking that time. And so you're functioning well. You got the money in the bank and your marriage is Good. Sort of, right? Depends on the week. <laughs> but but there's something that's not bubbling up from within. And so, if you want that that bubbling, you got to take and drink. You got to spend some time to drink, and Sunday is a good time to drink. I mean, Sunday is a good shot in the arm, man. But by by Monday morning, you're going to be thirsty again. So you got to get up and experience that morning dew, right? Our last scripture in Matthew says this. And I feel this is so important to us. uh, Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, my burden is light. There's a an understanding with Jesus when he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Do you know what? The, the word yoke in this usage is an interpretation of scripture. You see, the yoke that you carry, like an oxen, the yoke would go around the oxen's neck. And some, depending on the load it was carrying, it would... It could literally break the oxen's neck if the yoke wasn't evenly distributed. And if it was too heavy, it could damage the oxen's neck. And so, but they called it a yoke. But there's also a yoke of Scripture, an understanding of Scripture. And oftentimes the Pharisees had a heavy yoke, it was a yoke that they had to carry that was constantly reminding them of the sins that they were committing that constantly reminded them of everything that they were doing wrong. That's a heavy yoke. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why? Because he's pointing the future, to the future where we're going. This is where we're going. That's why he said, follow me. Right? Because we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. I'm going to lead you out of your wilderness. I'm going to lead you out of your darkness. And I'm going to show you how to have abundant life. One that flows from within, a freshness that comes from having that morning dew with God. So would you just close your eyes and all around this room, and I just want to just take you through a quick exercise, and then we're going to go home and be with our families and uh, plan our morning dew experience for tomorrow, okay? What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to visualize in your mind where your your secret places, your place where you feel you connect most with God. For some of you, it's a chair or a couch or a bench or a park. It's some place where you feel you come alive spiritually, where you just connect. Some of you, you don't have that. And so maybe God can put it in your heart right now. A place where you can feed on the morning dew like picture yourself like early in the morning for some of you early in the morning is 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning others of you it's 11 30 picture yourself in that that early for you time you picture yourself just listening and allowing God to bring up whatever he wants to bring up maybe he wants to convict you maybe he wants to encourage you maybe he wants to heal you give you some hope give you peace give you an idea give you a solution maybe he'll bring somebody up that you're supposed to forgive or a situation you're supposed to let go of or maybe a vision for where you're supposed to serve and give maybe it's a time where he's shifting your direction and that morning dew comes with the right answer and the right words and you just know you're in the presence of the living water the fountain the fountain that gives life Can you picture it? Lord, I pray for every person here. And I pray, God, that when they leave this place, that they would leave with a resolve to get the due. And as they do, I pray, God, that you would refresh their soul, that you'd restore their soul, that you'd fill it back up again with life-giving thought, life-giving practice, life-giving hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand up to your feet? I'm going to have the prayer partners come down to the front. Um, there's some of you that you realize, man, I, there's, there's, I need a little more here. I need, I need somebody to pray for me because I'm, I'm carrying some stuff. I, I've got some decisions I've got to meet make, and I, I don't want to just pray on my own. I want somebody to pray with me. Or maybe you've never made Jesus the center of your life. And you realize today is a monumental day. And just like those kids at camp raised their hands and said, I want to follow Jesus, you, you are feeling that same way. It's time for you to do that same thing. Uh, if that's you, uh, I encourage you to take advantage of just come up and pray with these folks. They have a book they'll give you if, uh, if you're thinking about getting baptized or you're making that commitment today, they'll give you a book and walk you through that. And, and uh, I, I believe that'll help you. But let's, uh, let's go ahead and profess our faith together, as if, you've, if you would. Um, you don't have to say this prayer, but if you're feeling like, man, I, I want to follow Jesus, or that's the path that I'm on already, uh, I'd love, love for you to repeat this prayer with me. Could we do that? Yeah. Let's do this. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father we, come to we come to you today and say thank you for Jesus. We, for Jesus. we, receive, Jesus we receive Jesus and the forgiveness that he brought. And the path that he lays out, and we choose to follow it. it. So, Lord, we turn our back on sin, sin. our old ways, ways, and we follow Jesus' ways. ways. From this day on, 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 Jesus is our Lord, Lord, and we'll follow him forever. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great Sunday.